Okay. Hi. We're going to do this. Yes. Did you research the topic? No. Oh, neither did I. <laughs> it's going to be one of those. I, that's fine. It's, it's, we haven't done a, I don't think we've, now in the 17, 18 episodes or whatever that we've done this, uh, we have not done a free form version. Pure free form. Like, okay, let's just open up the mic and see what comes out of our <laughs> mouth. <laughs> uh, I was thinking a couple of things though. Okay. Um, first off, did you have an OG moment this week? Did I have an OG moment? I have an OG continuing moment, which is, I think what started out as a pinched nerve in my neck that turned into knots in my neck Ow. is now just really bad tendonitis in my shoulder. And anytime I reach out or do this, it hurts. Reach out so, or up. Yeah. Yeah. So I try not to do that. Yeah. Kind of like it hurts. You go to the doctor. Doctor, it hurts when I move my right elbow this way. Well, stop moving your right elbow that way. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so it just simply feels like an OG continuing moment. Like wow. I am putting a modern version. It's called this deep blue stuff. Okay. I don't know when it, it it's menthol rub thing on it, so it doesn't hurt as much and. And then yet in the middle of all of it, I played a really good round of golf and took money from people. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> so that's... By the way, all this, the, the achy pain, yeah. bad stuff you're going through is stuff I'm supposed to be experiencing. The only thing Whoa. I'm experiencing is there's like my, my, one of my knees starts to feel weird. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Yeah, like because, gets a little hot? What does uh, that mean? It's just, like in the sense where... Um, like if I sit down for too long. Oh, right. And when some people are like, oh, when I go to their places and I'm always like standing up, they go, you can sit down. I'm like, no, nah. <coughs> excuse me. No, I, I feel like standing right now. Oh, yeah. And that's why, because I, it's, it's just, it's a weird, probably well, tendon cartilage, something, I don't know, old age yeah. um, thing. It could be arthritis. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen. When we flew to Maui, yeah. Five hours from Oakland to Maui. Yeah. Okay. I did not leave my chair either way. Wow. It was all part of my, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and do it as safely as possible. Mm -hmm. So I just put myself down on my seat and I never got up until we got into the airport. And when I got there, I had bruises on the underside of my leg from sitting in that chair for that long nonstop. Not even a bathroom break? Never got out of my chair. Impressive. <laughs> Just don't think about it. How? Okay. Um, did you have any fluids on the plane or, or snacks uh, or anything? Very small cup of water. And yes, now Southwest gives you this uh, wonderful package of carbs uh, that is <laughs> that is chips and crackers and um, wheat thins. And yeah, it's like a wonderful package of carbs and a good solid four ounces of water to wash it down with the second mm. time i flew out to buffalo i to i took southwest and um the the what am i supposed to say uh flight attendant yes i, I say the other word yes you do that upsets people anyway <laughs> the flight attendant was going through the hallway and and or up and down the aisle and asking people She's the hallway you called it <laughs> okay so how long has it been since you've been on an airplane now uh, at the rate we're going, seeing the pandemic started what feels like 19 years ago. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So she's carrying a tray of, of beverages. And, and when she gets to my row, she looks over and she's like, coffee. Wait, you mean she came up the hallway to your door? Close. Okay. Yeah. 
And then she <laughs> she came from the back of the plane. And she had the tray of, of goodness, and it was a tray of coffee. And I've never had airline coffee in my life. Oh. I need airline coffee more in my life. Really? Because the mo- they, they give you like this little 8-ounce, 10-ounce cup or whatever, and cream or sugar? Yes, please. That would be great. And I'm thinking it's going to taste like garbage, and it was not. It was wonderful. And I put a little cream and a little sugar in there, and um, we still had another hour left on the flight. I tell you right now, hand to God, the moment all of that coffee was in my system, it was just like somebody gave me an a injection of turbo something because now all of a sudden my eyes are like saucers. <laughs> I'm wide awake. We're landing in Buffalo. Remember, remember, there's oh, a three-hour time difference. Okay. So all of, all of my friends who I'm meeting at the sports bar that's now since rebranded to like a barbecue place or something, um, it was called 716 Sport. It was over by the hotel where I stay. And what time did you arrive? I arrived at twelve at midnight. Okay, and you're running around the room because in your head it's nine, and you're filled up with Jack, with Joe. I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, and, and everybody's like, I want to go to bed. It's late. Get the taxi, and I get the taxi from the airport to I get to the hotel, get checked in, get my stuff, drop everything off. I go across the street to the sports bar, and my friends are hammered. And by the time I get there, I see my friend Adam at the bar. So I'm just like right over to Adam and like I walk right up to him. I'm behind him and I just lean in his ear and I go, it's time to party. And all of a sudden, like it was a slow (laughs) turn on his part. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my God, pain's here. And like he just turns and (laughs) shouts to everybody back in the booth. He goes, you guys, look who's here. It's pain, and all of a sudden they're like, in the, in the slow motion. Right. Hey, pain. <laughs> oh man, I go. Oh, it's go time, my friend. Oh, uh, now you have ketchup to do. I have ketchup to do, and so now I, I, I think I did three shots of tequila on the spot, uh. and it was go time. So we were out until like four thirty in the morning. At one thirty, clearly here. Right. Thankfully. I don't travel out there long enough for the jet lag to show up when you think, when you least anticipate it. So when I went to bed at five, I was up at 11 and it didn't phase me. Okay. And I was ready to go the next day. I was like, it's Bloody Mary time. Let's go get this. Let's take care of that. And everything's good. All right. I've traveled with you and you're not really good in the morning. No, horrible. Any, anything before 11 in the morning is just simply a no bueno thing. When we went to Denver, yeah, we were both very very wrecked yeah. after a ball game and somehow staggered back to our room and I still got up at my usual 8 o'clock, whatever it was, yep. and I walked to the Capitol building, I walked through the mall and I came back. You're still asleep. <laughs> like, hey, we going? Oh, yeah. All right, let's get going. And like an hour later, you're ready to go because that's kind of your speed moving in the morning. Cause, yeah. And that was but, be- before my my full blown coffee addiction like really started to kick in. This is 15 do, years ago. Had nothing to do with coffee. It had more to do with hair dryers and and product and stuff. Like I, you're in there with the hair dryer and your hair for like 45 minutes. I had really long hair at the time. 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, not so much with the long hair. Right. It goes pretty quick. Now, now it's right? just the beard care. Yeah. And even beard. then, that's like a quick little rub with the product in there. Quick. Uh, you product the beard. I do. Okay. What happens if you don't? 
Um, it feels coarse and wiry. Okay. So I, I. So if you product it, it feels like sitting on Santa's lap. Um, I, I don't. I haven't sat on Santa's lap. I don't know since I was five, I think. Just thinking, it's a lot friendlier. Yeah, softer. no, no, it, it is. Okay. It's softer and it's it's nice. And so. All right. Um, so that's the program. I had a girlfriend one time when I when I had a longer beard. She said, "Does it smell like soup?" Because beards always smell like soup. I go, no, it doesn't smell like soup. However, we did go, soup. We did go to breakfast one time. <laughs> and I kept getting pancake syrup in the beard. And so I was mm. like, I can't do this anymore. And I Sticky. Went, went in the bathroom and, and plugged in the old uh, the clipper. Just and then. Oh, wait, wait. You're out to breakfast somewhere yeah. and you clippered your beard no, no. at the restaurant after I got done after we were done with breakfast oh you missed that part yeah it sounded like you went into the bathroom oh, okay. at the at the breakfast place and you clippered your beard like you're some sort of uh like on the run somewhere and you didn't yeah. want to be recognized by authorities so you went into the <laughs> res restroom and you clippered your beard I in the middle the Harrison of Ford. breakfast okay yeah so that was that's what it was and I, I came out of the bathroom and all of a sudden she goes Hey, did you? Oh my God! You shaved your beard. <laughs> I was tired of getting pancake syrup in it. Pancake syrup in the beard. I'll teach the beard a lesson. So my son, you remember, it had the really cool high hair going for mm -hmm. a while. We, it was like this this white guy afro thing going, and my daughter came up with this whole story about how a mini turtle could live in his hair, and this whole story about the turtle living in his hair. And I always thought, oh, that would be like a great children's story absolutely like you could make drawings from it and all that sort of stuff and we tried to come up with a name for the turtle that lived in the in the boy's hair and all that sort of stuff i thought it would be kind of a genius story but yeah the mini turtle and she and he gets so mad when we talked about the mini turtle because he was like that's my hair that's not right you're not and because he didn't handle that stuff very wow. well but yeah the mini turtle living in his hair. Because I, I actually, one of my favorite photographs, I think, was his, his seventh or eighth grade photo where he did have the big hair like that. And it's on oh, my fully. fridge at home. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's, it, it's the smile. Everything about that photograph to me is, is such a great memory. I have a really cool picture of him. There are um, these, I guess you could call them windy gates. And they're basically boards. So picture a, a one by four okay. board and they're in panels like a fence. Okay. And we're up at the summit at Mammoth down south of town. Okay. All right. And it was a beautiful, sunny, middle of the summer day, a couple of, couple of summers ago. And we'd taken the tram up to see the little museum up there and look from the summit to all the mountains around there because going to the top of Mammoth is kind of, and neither of my kids, my son skied very briefly, but my daughter never did. She's a child of the recession. You don't, yeah, you don't yeah. teach kids to ski in the middle of a recession when it's crushing you. Anyway, so she had never been on anything like this, okay. going up to the top of a mountain. So we go up there and we're walking around. Well, you walk down a little bit and you go to these wind gates. And I said, Ashton, put your, put your face down in that. And you could feel where the wind is howling and these wind gates stop the wind so it doesn't blow you right off the mountain. Well, when he puts his face in there, his ginormous hair just blew straight up. Awesome. And it is truly one of my favorite pictures I ever took of him. And he was like, well, that was stupid. Why'd we do that? And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that is the coolest photo that you will ever have taken of you. And he was like, no, you're just making fun of my hair. No, 
I'm I'm accentuating your hair. I think the kids so. they, during you know over time they may have thought that we were picking on him, and we weren't. We were just sometimes. I mean, <laughs> we were having fun with it, but you know, um, and just having a good time with with them and and their memories and everything. And so what you're doing now is you're going through. There it was, that picture. Oh. He's, so now you can picture what I'm talking about with these. So he's he's gazing through. He's wearing these his cool little uh, dude sunglasses, and his hair's all lit up. His face is in shadow, but it's standing straight up yeah. behind him. Now he's got hair to his shoulders, and it's very greasy. It's uh, we looks, gotta we gotta work on that because he thinks the greasy thing is kind of cool. And, no, and if he kind of like I don't know, as someone who tightened it up. Who was very meticulous about his long hair, um, right. as I was. There was no way that I would start to, because I, I I put. Um, you did long hair twice. Three times actually. Was it three times yeah. in total? Because when I first met you, that probably wasn't the first time you had long hair, because at that point it was only at your shoulders. No, that was actually that was the second time, and and it was all shaved what about two inches above your ear, so wrapping around the back of your head to the other ear. Think the Corey Glover Living Color lead singer Living Color haircut. Right. That's that was the haircut that I had. Okay, except he's black. And and all right. with <laughs> awesome cornrowed braids and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, that was my hair. Anybody was, ever cornrow your hair? No. But uh, it was long enough. You could have pulled that off. I could have. Yeah. I could have. I, I did not. I never. I don't think I ever had it braided. I did have. <laughs> I, did, I showed uh, my my friend Scott who you. So I got weird. You, okay. My friend Scott, who you've met, Scott used to be our, our com, uh, computer tech. At oh right. The radio station. Scott. Like almost ten years ago. Okay. He he and I went to. We were just talking about texting about this the other day. Um, we went to go see a Floggy Molly show around this time. Um, eight years ago in Oakland. Oh. And after the show was done, we went to a bar and because we were just, we still wanted to party and like find drinks, something, whatever. We couldn't sure. find a bar that was serving hard booze anywhere. So we landed this like pub place that was serving beer or wine. And that was that. Well, some girl in the bar, she had a handful of flowers with her and she walks up. She's like, I really like your beard and I would like to really weave these flowers into your beard. Can I do that? And Scotty just starts laughing hysterically. She goes, he goes, Payne, you're, there's no way you're going to let her do that. And I go, I just looked at him. I go, okay. And I looked right at the girl. I go, go ahead. Go right ahead. Make it weird. She goes, oh, thank you so much. And wow. she, he starts that braiding fully flowers weird. into my beard. Wow. Like little daisies or something? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope she washed her hands before this, because that's kind of freaky. I mean, okay. I, like at the time, you know, this day and age. Yeah, no, no, no. I this day and age or otherwise. I mean, right. I'm not like Howie Mandel or anything, because there's some serious people out there that Jared Leto's the same way. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know that. When no. they okay, so the, the you feel bad for people like that because everything in the world is dangerous to them. And I, exactly, and that's a bummer. And I didn't think about it. They played here uh, thirty seconds to Mars. Played here uh, fifteen years ago. Right. And they played a show at the New Oasis at the time. Um, there was there was a uh, a lightning like kind of a small lightning storm right before the show, and it knocked out a transformer. And I remember standing out back of the the venue with Jared. And we're watching the lightning, and he goes, "Bro, this is really intense." I go, "Yeah, welcome to Nevada in, in July." And he goes, 
I've never experienced any of this. This is really exciting. Like all of a sudden, here comes the lightning out of the sky, knocks out a transformer like a block away, and he goes, okay, I'm going inside. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He hadn't seen an electrical storm? Oh, not in Nevada. Okay. I'm sure he's probably seen them in other parts of the world or whatever. I always think that we don't get like as cool ones as no. like what we saw in going back to that trip to Denver, Denver. We, we sat in our window of our hotel room because we're up above the city just watching it light up the city all night. Yeah. Like, man, this is really cool. And I flew out of Denver. I talked, to the, I talked about that story a while back. Flying out of Denver above an amazing electrical storm. There's something about that little pocket of the world, mm -hmm. the elevation, all that stuff. But yeah, electrical storms can be a really cool thing. But I've never, it's rare that I feel like Damn, that was really close. We maybe we should go and pile into the crawl space of the house. Did I touch on my trip to Louisville? Um, I think it was four years ago, where I we were stuck in at Midway in Chicago, and and uh, right before our plane was taking off, there was a notification on my phone. I get I followed the Weather Channel, and all of a sudden, Weather Channel said Cook County lightning storm, blah blah blah. This that, and the other coming in 50 minutes, and I'm like, as we're getting on the plane, I'm like, we got to get the hell out of here because <laughs> we're like right in the thick of it. And so the plane makes it out of the gate, starts taxiing down the runway, and next thing you know, oh, captain, oh, this is your captain speaking, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have to stay here on the tarmac for a little while until the lightning storm passes. And I'm like, no, you missed. Oh, we missed our window slightly. So. I, I'm listening to music and all of a sudden, I'm out. I'm out like a light. I'm so tired. And then I wake up uncomfortable. I'm like, why am I uncomfortable? Why is my neck hurt? Why are we still on the runway? What the hell is going on? Look at my watch. Two hours later, oh. we couldn't go back to the gate. We had been on the tarmac for two hours. Uh, I'm not supposed to let that happen anymore. No. And uh, no sooner said than, like, within minutes of waking up, all of a sudden, oh, this is your captain speaking. We've been given clearance. We are the only plane able to take off. And all of a sudden, the plane erupts in cheers. Well, yeah. Everybody buckle up. Let's go. We've got to go. We have a window. We need you in your seats now. And all of a sudden, that's when uh, <laughs> flight attendant, again, um, <laughs> gets on the thing. And she's like, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, this is uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, please, everybody, seats now, seatbelts. Let's go, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, everybody's rushing to their seats, hurried up, doing their Get out thing. of the hallway. Get out of the hallway. <laughs> okay. are on the tarmac. Everything's going. All of a sudden, as the plane's taking off, like, everybody's celebrating. The plane's cheering. I look out of my window. I was like, ah, so long, Chicago. I miss you, and I'll be back soon. And all of a sudden, I see a lightning strike. <laughs> go right by the wing of the plane. I went, well, that sucks. I mean, <laughs> we are right above Lake Michigan. Another lightning strike. I'm like, hey, Zeus, knock it off. Jeez. I'm trying to get to Louisville. That's the trip you brought me back, the uh, Bob Baffert bobblehead? Yes. Awesome. That is yeah. the exact trip. Okay. Where I, and, and I got to that party. It was a radio, uh, radio conference convention. I got to that party late. And someone had won a, the, a Bob Baffert bobblehead. And at that part, I remembered, like, they got it. And they were just kind of, like, it was no big thing to them. They're like, ah, oh, I got this, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And in my mind, I'm like, I need to get that bobblehead for Greg. <laughs> because Bob Baffert, for those of you, because that's a very random poll right yeah. there. He is a world-renowned horse trainer. So you only hear that guy's name three times a year. 
for the Triple Crown of horse racing, starting with the Kentucky Derby. You'll hear about, oh, this horse is a Bob Baffert trained horse. Outside of that, nobody has any idea who that guy is. Not at all. He, he disappears back into the ether of the multi-million dollar existence of horses and all that stuff. But three times a year, you hear the name Bob Baffert. So. Kind of like when you, you hear the name Pete Weber. They, there's like a bowling thing and all of a sudden like is he still alive i think so okay. <laughs> and you get like a pete weber reference and like all the old school people are like oh man oh. here we go so i love catching random sports things on television so i watched there was bowling on tv the other day Perfect. now that all by itself is not a big deal we've watched bowling for a long time years now how about a thing where a guy bowls does not use the thumb hole and uses two hands no. What the? That's what I saw. And this guy, he, Did, so like, what's going on? To the side? Or no, he does. He's got the second. So he's got the right hand. Actually, this guy technically was left-handed. But okay. I can't do anything left-handed. So, so he's think cradling of this, the ball. He's cradling the ball. He's got his thumb outside of it. So okay. you're saying, okay, remember in, in professional bowling, it spins like crazy on its side, yeah, right? Yeah. Not like the way you and I do it where we're... Thoom, yeah, thoom, we try thoom, to throw... Thoom, thoom, thoom. Yeah. Straight balls. Right. So they got the big thing. So he takes the thumb out. He's got the two fingers. And when he goes down, he whips this thing out of two hands. And it lands like three quarters of the way down the alley. <laughs> and then it starts spinning. Oh, my God. It's like he is throwing this ball. It was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen. And this guy is technically one of the best on the tour right now. Wow. It's really fascinating to watch. A two-handed professional bowler. Huh. I mean, he does things completely jacked from the Pete Weber days of, of or Marshall Holman or what have you. The, the classic guys that we knew on tour way yeah. back in the day uh, at the uh, Peoria's... Uh, the lanes in Peoria. Dang, I, I can't remember know. that. <laughs> Imperial lanes? I don't know. But uh, so, yeah, with Chris Schenkel on the hmm. call, right? Unbelievable. But yeah, this guy was with two hands. Uh, yeah. So I've been watching that. I watched, okay, they have drone racing on television. You got, you tried to get me into that, and, and I can't do that because that's, okay. that's very Blair Witch, and I can't do the Blair Witch thing. <laughs> Moving too fast and gives you a headache. Way too fast. Well, when I first saw it, they were in places actually flying the, you know, the actual drones. Mm -hmm. And I do that professionally for stuff. I, I get hired to fly drone stuff on a, on a regular basis. So I'm kind of curious about this. Well, these things, instead of flying flat the way mine does, the way most professionals do, these things get up and it's like an X moving through the air. And they were doing this like in... Oh, out in the desert, they'd have these, like, uh, for lack of a better description, almost like football crossbars that you had to fly over or under and not hit it. And you had these different uh, obstacle courses that you had to go through. So when you say flat, I'm thinking horizontal and then upward, and these, it's vertical. When they get going, the drone the, is now vertical. Exactly. So it's a flying X moving through, and Got there's it. a really good camera on it so that the pilot knows where he's flying, okay. right? Well, they were doing this on scene. Now it's all virtual. So they're basically playing video games on TV for you. Outstanding. Yeah, not so good. No, that's <laughs> terrible. And what, what what's a bummer is like the, some of the other places, they were using the old Orange Bowl Stadium in Miami. 
Yeah, that's where you you, you were like, you got to like, see this. Oh, it's amazing. They're flying through <laughs> a, a like an old decrepit stadium, like through the, the walkways and up uh, aisles and down through. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Now, it's like I said, it's a virtual version and um, and you have no idea where of course these kids are like 14 years old that are all flying these oh, things. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they're somewhere in their mom's basements around the world doing this all together. It's pretty fascinating that in a technical sense, but as far as visuals, you're right, it's kind of a Blair Witchy thing. Yeah. It's and a I, lot. I I can't do that. Kind of like um when you're sitting when you're seated at a table or a bench or something like that and you happen to have your arms or your hands on the table and if someone starts to, you know, like tap on the table, beat on the table or whatever, I can't touch the table. I'm, I'm weird like that. Oh, right. Because that's, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, why, where is this movement coming oh. from or what is disruptive? Like when you're sitting in grandstands and somebody could be like 15 seats away from you, but they're, they're kicking the bottom of the grandstand. Yes. And you're like, okay, why is it moving and why can't we stop moving? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's like, that's it's brutal. odd. It, Okay, so on the flip side of all of that, cornhole on television. Really? Yeah, that's a whole other thing too. That's really fascinating because you're thinking, okay, if you're good enough to be on TV, you should never miss. So when guys completely miss the whole board, you're like, what just happened there? Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. What, do they mean to miss the whole board? Is there some sort of thing going? And then they'll like put their beanbags like around the hole so the other guy has to either go over them or could accidentally knock theirs in with theirs. Mm. Yeah, so cornhole on television, that's another thing going right there. Okay. That's fascinating. I mean, and then the one that gets me, that blows me away, and I'm kind of bummed because it's been shut down now, is darts on television. And it's always from uh, Europe. And they do these things, these dark competitions, in these rooms that look like they have a fire capacity of about 3,000 people, but they've put 8,000 people in there. And it is loud, it is smoky, and somehow people can see exactly what's going on on a dartboard when they're 8,000 people deep. Darts. Unbelievably, <laughs> like the loudest thing. You watch dart competitions now because there's nothing like recent in this genre going on. Right. You, you pull up like old dart footage on YouTube or whatever, you'll be blown away. And it's always fat bald guys that are amazing at it too. <laughs> I don't know what, it's like the, yeah. When was not, the last time you played darts? Oh, I have a dartboard in the room. It's been quite a while because we used to have the stripe on the floor and now I don't. Okay. So since I had these floors put in, was uh, at least in here. But I've not played, at like a bar or anything? I haven't been in a bar in a long time. So when we went to Maui, we're sitting at a bar. We okay. went to we went to uh, what's his face's um, bar in Maui. Okay. Um, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Mick okay. Fleetwood's place. Sorry. Beer time. Fleetwood's, and uh, this is a massive bar. We're next to a room okay. or next to a window in the room rather, and in this massive bar, they have seated exactly three couples. Three. The first couple is a mile away from us. The second couple is in the middle, splitting the difference between the two miles of bar. Okay. But I can, it's quiet enough to where you can hear chatter. And so the bartender comes along and she's mixing up a drink. And the girl sitting there says, it's been over a year since I watched a drink get mixed. And I look wow. down and I go, 
oh man, you're right. She goes, I'll never take it for granted again. Mm. I had a friend post on, on her Twitter account um, today because the date being, was it, uh, yeah, today is March 7th. Right. Um, the last time that she saw her concert was March 7th last year. She saw oh. 311. Oh. Yeah. And then, um, in fact, I, I... Why didn't she stay on the 11th? That would have made more sense. 311 didn't play. 311 doesn't play Reno on 311 Day. No, they play some big thing somewhere, or they did. Las Vegas. And this year, they're playing something virtually still. Yeah, they so they, they, okay. they played Las Vegas. Um, they played Reno <clears throat> March 7th? Yeah, March 7th. Oh, okay. I think the closest to March uh, to 311 Day that they've played is like a couple days after or before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but sense. they generally wind up in Vegas or they, they do a hometown show in Orange County. Right. Makes sense. All right. But yeah, she that that's what she posted because I remember the last uh, like the last three shows that I saw. Uh, my friend James and I did a double dip that night on the um, on the seventh. We saw Soul Asylum at Boomtown, and, <laughs> and then we saw the first show, and then we we booked it out to the parking lot, got hopped in his truck, barreled down to Grand Sierra, and watched Three Eleven, and they were amazing. And then uh, a couple nights later. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, she and I saw a punk rock show at a dive bar, and that was it. Yep. Because um, then that that following weekend, Leonard Skinner was supposed to be playing at right. the event center. Um, I was stoked to see that. There was a band called the Growlers who were going to play at Cargo. Wow. That was going to be awesome. Those guys are so good live. And then that Sunday, my friend Christian and I were going to go see Floggy Molly face to face, or was it Floggy Molly, Street Dogs, and somebody else. Um, at the Grand Sierra, yeah, all. And then the next night, we had a friggin' radio station show lined up at the Saint in Midtown, and that, like, everything had all had the plug pulled on it. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, March 11th oh. was the last time I saw a live show. And March 11th is the day the world stopped. Pretty I much. Mean, when NBA canceled, then the next day, the golf tournament canceled, and then it was just the whole world said, oh, so I guess this is serious. Yeah. And, and NHL yeah. canceled too, all that. Yep, all of that. And we all just sat on our thumbs for the next 60 days, yep. wondering how long this is going to last. Yeah, people and got creative pretty, with, with uh, you know, what to do, whether it was, you know, get a gym membership or uh, get one of those um, exercise bikes or gym equipment or weights or something at home. Oh, yeah. So you, with the gyms being closed, all the different things. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you figured out just simply how to continue to exist without going completely bananas. Mm -hmm. And out west, we have a little bit of luck that we have some breathing space. I can't imagine how those in oh, man. the big cities back east, yeah. how they handled this, where you're used to using your community space. That's all part of your lifestyle yep. is you go to the park. And, and I'm not just talking about Central Park in New York. That's the most obvious of them. But you go to the park because you don't have a lot of space. And now all of a sudden, no, you're not supposed to use that space. You have to stay in your 650 square feet because that's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Definitely I am bizarre. Very thankful that, and for a lot of us, and, and I give you credit, you have stormed your way through this because your world is as stripped as just about anybody that I know through all of this. Yeah, it was weird um, going from... Not weird. It sucked. Yeah. I mean, it, it, no, I mean, no lie. And, and here's the thing. Like, when I talk about that, um, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like a, a woe is me. I mean, no, yeah, it but, sucks. But it sucks losing income not working baseball games. It sucks <laughs> losing income not DJing bars and right. not working soccer matches and just not working in general where you're or used to... Or yeah. weddings. Or, I mean, all of the things that you do that is your... 
existence, yep. you are, are part of the service industry. In my world, I've been very thankful this time around, uh, not the case in other, in other times, this time around was reasonably unfaced, mm -hmm. which was pretty amazing. But your world, we, we sat around, we chatted, and we're like, damn, everything that he does is being touched by this. Yep. And that just, that just blows. And yeah. fortunately, we're seeing glimpses of things coming back. Mm -hmm. um, like watching the golf tournament today, there are people there. There's, we're mean, supposed to have... 20% capacity at the stadium, so I think right? we can have 1,400 people. Well, they had, Jesus, they had two, uh, like 8,000 people at the NASCAR race in Vegas today. Nice. I mean, we're getting there. Yeah. I mean, and outdoor stuff, if you seat people responsibly and people do their part and all that sort of stuff until you're vaccinated, then you should be okay. Yeah. And even when you get vaccinated, then hopefully the person next to you has been vaccinated as well by then. You know, by the time we have baseball season, it should be the case. Fingers crossed. In fact, um, do you remember Kevin Smith? I did radio with him here in town. Oh, yeah. At the Didn't, dot. He moved to Sac? Yes, he went. Yeah. He was for, originally from uh, Sacramento, and then right. he came up here. Um, he did radio up here with him and his wife. Funny story about him, too. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you about that. He but was a cop, too, he, right? He was, and, and is still part of uh, the uh, Solano County Sheriff or uh, Sac County Sheriff Department okay. or something like that. But, uh, yeah, he said he's going to retire in two years. And then I go, because we had beers today. Okay. And, and I asked him, I go, so then what? And he goes, oh, my wife and I are going to travel. <laughs> I said, good, get out, go mm. see the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that is the nonstop thing of what do you do when you... When this is all done, when when you feel like it's safe to go out and everybody says travel, I think my answer is not take it for granted. No. So whatever it is, the the Kevin story that I, uh, twenty five years ago in ninety six when the station that you and your dad brought to the airwaves Zero, came right? to came to a close and was bought out by a gentleman who owns a conglomerate of stations here in town. Right. He moved only a handful of us over to the building, which is known as the atrium on Moana Lane. Right. And they then moved me from the frequency of 100.1 over to KRZQ. At the time, it was 96.5. Right. Okay. Before they swapped with Alice. Oh, right. Um, and, and did that. I was, I was in the studio... Oh, excuse me. I was in the studio. I was. It was a Friday night, and I was um, on the air for Young Mark, who is the nighttime DJ for KRZQ. And the phone rings, and I pick it up, KRZQ, and all of a sudden these excited voices over the phone. Oh my God! Did I win CDs? And I, I'm just looking at my reflection in the window. And you're like, there's no contest. And I just here. got this smile on my face. All of a sudden, I go, as a matter of fact, you did. Oh, we did. What did we win? I go, well, you got to come by the radio station and pick them up. Oh, my oh, God. This is so great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Where are you guys located? Oh, that just sucked. It gets better. I go, we're at 2800 Sutra Street. Oh, no. You sent them to the other stations. <laughs> and the one girl goes, awesome. Who do I ask for? I go, ask for Kevin. She goes, great. Thanks, Kevin. I go, no problem. Click. So that was that. And that was the end of my night. Fast forward four months. And now I'm working at 2800 Station. 2800 Sutro. And I'm working with Kevin Smith. And Kevin later tells me a story <laughs> as we're talking 
about funny stories, things we've done, pranks we've done with, with listeners on each other, etc. He goes, man, it was the weirdest thing. I was walking, I was doing the show one night, and I'm walking up the hallway, and I hear this, you know, frantic beating on the door, and I look over at the, the front door like, who the hell's beating on the door? It's 8.30 at night. And, oh, by the way, that place was very dark, across the street from Hug High School. My dad designed that building. And... and it was very obvious when it was not open. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, but there's a little side window to where you could see that it's not open. Clearly. But okay. And so Kevin walks over to the door, sets his mug of water down because he was going to get some more water. And he opens the door. And all of a sudden the girls are like, hey, we're here for the CDs. And he goes, CDs? Yeah, you told us we won CDs. He goes, I did? Yeah, you called. we called you up. And, and you, you answered the phone and, and you said we won CDs. And he just looked at him for a second. He goes, hate to say it, but we're not giving out any CDs. You've been duped. Uh. Yeah, they were, they were really disappointed. <laughs> okay. Fast forward now to the summer of 97. I'm in the studio. It's a Friday night. I've got a few people, a few friends coming by the station. This is when we could like have people in the studio. Oh, right. And hang out, and people wanted to see how radio was done, so we right. did radio. Before it was actually all computerized and wasn't as interesting looking. Correct. When there was actually segues to CDs going on. Yes. You're sliding levels and all that. Yeah. It was actually, there was some art to it, to say, right? Absolutely. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the, when, back in the day, when I was on the air with you, yeah. um, and our we had an old, decrepit pod board. It was probably the only time you ever worked on a pod board, right? Uh, one of two. The other would have been the first radio job that I had at a top 40 station. Okay. So, by the way, for those of you that don't, a pod board is literally good old-fashioned dials. Yes. And each one of the dials represented a different input. So one dial may be CD player one, and the other dial is CD player two. Another dial could be your reel-to-reel, -reel, and another dial could be your... your um, your what were called carts that's what played the commercials mm -hmm. okay so you had to control all these different dials it wasn't just in a computer lined up and that would have been so much easier yes now that i think about it, like we could have done that nobody thought of it i don't know maybe there just wasn't the software but uh anyway so there was an art to Absolutely. have and so watching somebody artfully run a board and I remember going because we had a very simple studio here mm -hmm. and when you got the gig the first time around at 93 over in Sacramento yeah I went over and hung out with you in the in the control room there mm -hmm. and it was a much because it was a big corporation they mm -hmm. had fancy stuff and they had a really cool control room and all that and sort the studio of stuff was like the size of Texas and you could hear a pin drop it was that like oh, airtight. Dead. it was dead oh, it was a great room it was wonderful but it was it was an art to watch yeah it really was it was a cool thing and now it's it's so homogenized because every room has the same kind of computer there are still boards and there's still some levels that you can play with but for the most part things happen on their own some of this uh, uh <clears throat> excuse me some am of this, i am i no you're you're totally on point yeah. with everything and, and all of your radio buddies that listen to this and other parts of, no that's not true there's the, oh yeah they know they and, know and so <laughs> if you remember there would be like sometimes when we would use the auto cue on the cd player it would come in on like a half second. Oh yeah. So we'd have to use that micro time mm -hmm. timer back to back up backtrack the song to where it would start, right? Absolutely. Right. And then <clears throat> excuse me, there would also be And the, oh by the way, that song would end 
and sometimes on a half note. Correct. And you'd have to be able to hit that so you didn't have any dead air or step on the end of it with the next song. That's all part of the art. Was Absolutely. that timing? And then the, at the like end... At Dream Theater. I always think about the end of Dream Theater. Perfect. Pull okay. Me Under. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think there's a Foo Fighters song that does that too. But, okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So this uh the, the cd players would also have like we could we could go to the end of the song or go to the next track basically and um back backtrack right. like three four five seconds so we could get our timing down to when we would start the the segue or drop the next song or whatever the right. case may be or even just talking over the front of that song yeah that wasn't very obvious i remember going into one of the control rooms with you later on and it would count you down this is how long you had for your post mm -hmm. which is a, a another technical term a post is when it's not just music anymore but the guy actually starts singing or there's a change in that music to where you don't want to talk past that point and there's certain formats of music you never talk over the music correct but we talked over the music yeah. and we and we knew okay you could talk to this point and then you're just like battling the music and that it was no good anymore I think a, a good example of that is the, like the drum intro for Judas Priest living after midnight you have basically an eight yeah. count, like eight seconds tops right. to get in what you're going to do. Otherwise, you're going to be talking over the guitars. You're going to be battling the music. Yes. And it's just going to be miserable for the audience and for yourself because you're going to be you're going to be uh, rough by the end of the night. So okay. Kevin is now, you know, he's Kevin is fast forward. I'm working at at. 104.5. Okay. I'm doing nights. Kevin's a midday guy. Martina is overnights. Um, I think, no, I think Kevin was afternoons. Yeah, Kevin was afternoon. I was nights. Martina was middays. That's what it was. Right. And so people in the studio, everything's great. Like we're hanging out. I've got three or four friends in there and everybody knew the story from KRZQ. Oh. Okay. So they, because they knew some of the pranks that I had done. Well, then the phone rings one night and I'd look over. I go, oh, cool. Hang on, guys. I got to pick up this line. I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, you called the dot. And, you know, the girl, you, this girl's voice goes, hey, did I win CDs? I go, oh, no. Here we go. And I looked at the, I looked at the phone. I looked at everybody in the studio. Everybody in the studio gave me a look like, what? Where'd and I said, you know, as a matter of fact, you did. She goes, I did? I go, you did. She goes, what did I win? I go, you want a six pack of CDs? I go, we have, a, we have this, we have that. We can give them all to you right now, but you need to come by 255 West. And that's the most oh, I got out. No. And the girl shouts, she goes, wait a minute. You're that guy from Cares and Q. <laughs> awesome. It came all the way back around. Everybody in the room starts cracking up and she goes, do we really win CDs? I go, come by the radio station. I am here. I promise you. I'm here at 2800 Sutro Street. We've got, I said, and then I, I said, I've got a studio full of people. Do I not? And all of a sudden, everybody's like, he does. And then the girl. You can it, find something. Radio was, stations always have something. There were like three girls who came by the studio. Um, now I've got a full studio of people, you know, and, and I'm doing a break. It, it was it was like doing a live radio show. I mean, it was it was a, it was clearly a live sure. radio show, but it was great because when you have that atmosphere in the studio, it just makes for a fun time. As long oh, as it completely changes the dynamic. How the whole thing yes. is going? Absolutely. Yeah. They, so they rolled up. I yeah. gave them like I gave each of them like three or four CDs each, cool. and yeah, and everybody left with like T-shirts, and it was a good time. It was fun. That's the other thing that gets lost with everything the way a lot of the radio world works anymore. That giving away 
that CD. Yeah. They had that moment. And, and when you got CDs, by the way, when you got CDs from the record company, they would do something to them. They would stamp out the barcode. They would put a little blaze on the back spine. They would put a little emblem on the front of the album so that you couldn't just take it down to recycled records. Record and yeah. yeah, and they would give you money for it because they weren't supposed to. That kind of stuff is, uh, um, is gone. And wow. it's disappointing because people love that when you gave them CDs. Very much oh, so. Oh, I got this from, and I remember my dad was in radio, and I remember going to another radio station's booth at something at the convention center, playing some game, and they gave me the Cure Head on the Door awesome. album. And I'm like, oh, awesome. this is really, I still have that album to this day because mm. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even my dad's station. He. I didn't even know what the cure was. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool that this guy named Wild Bill gave me this album. So God bless Wild Bill. We, uh, we did that completely with no topic. No topic. It was fun, free form. And uh, I believe I just heard your wife say that dinner is ready. <laughs> yes, she did. So with that said, we'll be back next week and we'll actually have a topic. We will. Uh, it'll Just watch social media. Um, uh, and yeah, check social media for, for that or shoot me a text or shoot Greg a text or whatever and, and we'll tell you what the topic is. There you go. And when you're on an airplane, stay out of the hallways. <laughs>